This is the Connection Christian Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Morning, everybody. How we doing? Good? Well, I hope you... I hope you have worshipped the Lord this morning. I hope you have um, experienced His presence already and um, taken advantage of this opportunity that we have to be with Him and to be together with each other. We're going we're gonna to kick off a new series uh, this, uh, this Sunday called Carpe Diem. And uh, for some of you, you may, you may know what that means. Um, it, it, it means seize the day. Uh, there is some argument online between scholars about whether it actually means that or not. But for the purposes of this sermon, that's exactly what it means. So we're good, right? Um, but seize the day is, is really uh, what, what we want to talk about for the month of January is, is carpe diem, taking advantage of the day and the moment and the opportunities and the power that God has given to us, that He's poured out for us. And, and so we're going we're gonna to dig into that because here, here's what I would love for you more than anything. And what I would love for me more than anything and for our church more than anything is that we take full advantage of everything that God is putting in front of us. That whatever it is, not a single thing would ever pass us by as, as we allow it to, to go on. And and uh, you know, I, I accidentally created a new a new word this morning when I was preaching. I do that sometimes. Um, they're they're accidental and they're usually you know not worth remembering. But this one I think was a little bit inspired. It was called what was it? Courageous, courageousness, creativity. I don't know. We'll just keep adding on to it. But but I, I was I was I was trying to say creative and courage at the same time, and it became courageous. So we have a new word here. It's called courageous. We're creating courageously. What are we creating? We're creating into the life that God has called us to live into, that God wants us to experience with Him. And as we live into that, we have to be willing to let go of the past, to Think and dream and, and plan for the future, but not live there and, and live in the moment, right? There, there's a, a very powerful way of understanding and living that the Bible calls us to, and that is to live in the now, to live in the moment, to not be stuck, you know, by thinking about the future and what could be and what must be, what should be and all that. All of those are great. Listen, I want you to understand this. I believe in planning. I believe in vision. I believe in, in purpose. I believe in looking forward and dreaming of what can come. But if I get so fixated on living there that I miss the moment that I'm in, that I miss the day that I'm in, that I miss the opportunity that I'm in and the power of God that, I, that, that is given to me and through me right now, I, I, it doesn't do me any good. It's the same as if I am stuck in the past. If all I can think about is the coulda, shoulda, wouldas of the past and what I, and, and I should have done and what I could have done and what I, you know, all those things, then, then, I end up, then I end up being 
stuck where I can't ever go back to. Just as in the future, I, I end up being stuck where I can't ever get to. Because by the time I get to it, it's now again. Right? That, that's the thing. Because you can only live in the now. God, God has created this thing called the, the time and space that we are living in here in, in, on this planet, in this awareness that we have in this, uh, in this atmosphere, this universe that we live in. It is a place in eternity. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that, it, that is in eternity. It's called time and space. And, and the thing about it is God has orchestrated it so that we could only live in one moment at a time. Right? Living one moment at a time. We take advantage of every opportunity. We pay attention and we be aware of every opportunity. We be intentional about everything that God is putting in front of us. And the only way that we can really do that is to not be distracted by the scary future or the regretful past. We must live in the now. And it's living in the now that we get to seize the day. Right? That, that you get to live into where you are right now. We got... Um, we got planners for everyone in the, on the staff this year um, to, to, to use moving forward. And one of the, one of the reasons that I, like a, that I like to use a planner, I am not good at using a planner. Like this is January 5th. By this time, I've usually missed three days out of my planner for the new year. Right. I, I really I mean, I'm, I'm not great at it, but it's something that I that I continuously strive for because I know the power of it. And one of the one of the great powers of using a planner or having a plan is to block your time and be intentional about what that block of time is for. Now, th th that's not just so that you don't forget to do that thing or it's not just so that you, you know, you know, Whatever other reason there might be, I, I believe that the real power of blocking that time out for that thing in that moment is that I can let myself off the hook for everything else that I could be doing, right? It's the FOMO, fear of missing out, right? Well, I should be, you know, I should be, I'll just let you into my world. I should be working on my sermon, but I need to work on that budget. But I need to work on, you know, this leadership thing. I need to be with this person. I need to be counseling with that person. I need to be, I need to be mowing the lawn. I need to be some, somewhere. No, no, no. Listen, when I've blocked it out, now I let myself off the hook for all those other things so that I can actually be in the now in that moment. Right? I am such a hypocrite teaching you this right now. Because I struggle with this so hard. Right? Anybody around me, Cody's right here giving me those eyes. I, I struggle with this. This is my plight in life to, to manage my time, to, to be disciplined in my, in my time because I don't, I don't know why. Brain damage or something, but whatever it is, it's my battle that I fight. But here's what I've come to understand. Is that whatever battle God has given me to fight, if I will actually seize that moment, seize the day, and live into that, I can actually help people in that same battle. 
with that same struggle. The only thing that I can really ever help people with are the things that I have the hardest time with. I've come to, in 20 years of, of ministry, I've come to figure that out. That the, that the thing that, the, <laughs> the truth is here, you will only confess what you have overcome. Or what you have come to have freedom from in your overcoming of it. Right? The Apostle Paul said it this way, I leave behind what is in the past. So that I can press on toward the goal. Well, listen, the only reason he could leave it behind in the past is because he had found freedom in it. He had found, he had found some overcoming in that thing. And it's in that overcoming, it's in that freedom that we find that we are now able to confess it. That we're now able to say it out loud. You won't say out loud the things that are still, that still have a hold of you. But when you find freedom, when you find freedom of those things that held you back, that held on to you, now you can not only confess them, but you can help others move along the, the journey in those areas. And, and so when we talk about taking advantage of every moment, of every opportunity, it, it's important that we understand that this is, the, this, this is one of those areas that God has given to us in our lives to exercise His discipline, right? It's just another moment for us, another opportunity for us to surrender to Him, to surrender to His will. One of the fruit of the Spirit, remember? One of the, first, the very last one that's listed in, in, in uh, Galatians 5.22. Does anybody know what the very last one is? Self-control. Self-control. Isn't it strange that a fruit, in other words, a result of the Holy Spirit of God working in me and through me to produce something of value out of me, one of those fruit is self-control. That I get to control myself. That I get to exercise self-discipline. Right? In, in Timothy, he, he talks about the spirit that God has given to you is not the spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and a spirit of power and a spirit of Self-discipline. Isn't that interesting? That self-control and self-discipline doesn't actually come from the self. It comes from the Spirit. You see, the only way that we really get to live into the life that God has created us for here is to live into it totally surrendered to His will. Totally surrendered to Him so that He can do what we can't do without Him. And when we do what he can only do through us, we call it self-control and self-discipline. Ironic to me. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to move into this series, kick off this year to seize the day, seize the opportunity, to seize the moment, to seize the power. And we're going to and we're going to do it um, by talking about Jesus. <laughs> you see, really, all I ever want to do is talk about Jesus, because the truth is. The more that the more that we talk about Jesus, well, number one, we're only here because of Jesus. Right. 
He is, the, he is the reason that we're even here. He's the reason that we have any hope. He's the reason that we have a relationship with God. He's the reason that, it, that, that, that it's possible. And, and so we want to begin this year of 2020 talking about Jesus. And, and so we're going to do that with the book of Mark. And, and the reason, I, I mean, it's not the only reason. There's a lot of great reasons that I want to preach uh, using the book of Mark, but I just love the fact that God put this first verse in here. L look at the first verse of the book of Mark. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Isn't that a great way to begin a book? <laughs> Isn't that a great way to begin a year? Isn't that a great way to begin a life, to begin a day, to begin anything that we begin? We begin it with remembering, with thinking about, with meditating on, and, and, and talking about beginning, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah. When Jesus was born, he was born into a culture, and that culture was one that was coming out of what, what we call the intermediate period. It's, 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 it was also called the 400 years of silence from God. Because it had been 400 years since God spoke to his people through a prophet. His, his prophecy had gone completely quiet. Prior to that in the Old Testament, there were prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah that would say, thus saith the Lord, and God would send the message to his people and he would speak wisdom and guidance over them and discipline and tell them what to do and, and they would follow it and, and, and sometimes they wouldn't follow it and then they would pay the price for not following it and, and all of those things. But God was very present, at least through his prophets uh, during that time, but then came this period of time called the 400 years of silence. And during that time, God didn't speak at all to it through his prophets. And, and in the absence of God's voice, in the absence of God's guidance, in, in the absence of God's declaration into life, what emerged was the law. You see, because here's what will happen to us as a people. When we, when we cease to operate with fresh word from the Lord, with fresh guidance from the Lord, with rhema from the Lord, we will revert to the law. And we will begin to look at the rules. And we will begin to judge ourselves based on those rules, and then we will begin to judge each other based on those rules, and then we will build up systems to protect us from those rules, and the rules ultimately, the rules, the regulation, and the religion will ultimately become God. That's the culture Jesus was born into. Over those 400 years, the rules and the regulations in the absence, in the vacuum of the missing living Word of God the rules became God. We know this because there was a couple of groups of people, a couple of stations in life that, that kind of emerged out of, these, out of this time. We call them the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees were, were basically a religious group of Jewish leaders that rose up to protect the law, to interpret the law, to expound upon the law, to, to uh, 
ensure that the law was enforced. And they became very powerful in that culture. And, and they weren't powerful because they were following the Lord. They were powerful because they had the law. And it was into that law that the people over that time began to forget God. They began to neglect the worship of God in exchange for the keeping of the rules. This is how a legalistic society emerges. It is, is when we have no fresh vision, fresh vision from God. Then the people run amok. They lose their way. They enter into chaos. And when we begin to enter into chaos, now we've got to find a way to control. And, and the way that we control is through the law. And, that, and that's what has happened. And, and so when the time had come and God was about to release uh, the Messiah uh, on the earth, the way he had planned from Genesis chapter 3, he sent a forerunner. That forerunner's name was John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was the final Old Testament prophet. John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet that came speaking, thus saith the Lord. And he began to authoritatively declare what God was now saying. And here's what he said. Repent is what he said. Because repentance means I need to change my mind. And if all I have come to do is to keep the laws, to keep the rules, to keep the regulations, and to follow the religion outside of a relationship with God, I need to change that. Because Jesus was coming to change that. And he was the forerunner of that. And, and so Isaiah the prophet, he, uh, he had spoke of John the Baptist over 700 years before. And he said, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one crying, calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. This was what John the Baptist was there to do. Mark 1 4 says, and, and so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sin. Listen, I want to, I here's the thing about sin sin is not breaking the rules, sin is not, not unfulfilled regulations, sin is missing the mark. Missing the path, missing the direction to which God has called us. And, and God has called us to himself, right? God has called us to worship him above all other things. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your strength. That is not a New Testament concept. That is an Old Testament concept that was given over into the New Testament. You see, all of those sacramental laws of love the Lord your God with all your heart, love others the way you love yourself, give to God in, in, in a way that worships Him, and give your life over to Him. Those are all laws from the Old Testament that are the New Testament because they are the heart of God. So many people want to separate what is in the Old Testament from what is in the New Testament. No, listen, the only thing that got fulfilled in the New Testament, according to Jesus, was the law. All right? I've come to fulfill the law. 
and what the prophets told you, and it's done. But that loving God, loving yourself, worshiping me in this way, that's all still very much intact. And it's when we understand that God had a grand plan, not just two individual plans. He had a grand plan. And and after this 400 years of silence, he sends this last final Old Testament prophet that would operate under his will, his his rhema word given to him. And he would speak the words of the Lord with authority, with the authority of the Lord. And people were were drawn to it. People would leave the towns and, and the cities and come out into the wilderness to see this strange new man named John the Baptist, this son of a, of a, of a priest, is now standing in the Jordan River. I mean, look at what he's doing. He's, he's clothed, he's in clothes made of hemp, camel hair, leather belt around his waist, and he ate, he ate locusts and honey. I mean, if we had someone doing that in the Susquehanna, what would we call him? Yeah. But listen, he had a message. He had a message. And, 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 that's, the, and that's the important thing, is that he has a message. You, you see, we, we serve the God of the message. He, he has released to us a message and he's calling us to new word, to listen to him, to let go of the old and not get stuck in the future, but to live in the now in the message and seize the day that he has for us right here and right now. Verse seven says, and this is his message. After me comes one more powerful than I. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to focus on the rest of the time. John's message declared his position. John's message declared where he was. His position. He said, I... I, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. There's one that's coming that is so far beyond me, that is so far above me, that I'm not worthy to even untie his sandals. Another way to translate, I'm not even worthy to carry his shoes. And when when we understand that, it, it, it frees us. There's a freedom. Listen, we need to seize the day by enthusiastically declaring your total dependence on Jesus. This this is a powerful principle that starts everything. Because until you humble yourself and declare your dependence on Him, He can't help you. Because we're still trying to help ourselves. We're still trying to do it ourselves. It's when we are finally willing to say, Lord, it's no longer I that live, but you that lives in me. with, with, With man, with me, nothing is possible. But with you, all things are possible. And I know that. 
And so we humbly submit and surrender ourselves to him. We come out of our denial that we can handle it ourselves, that we can do it all by ourselves, and we can make it happen on our, uh, on our own, and we confess our dependence upon him. That, in the kingdom, is the position of power, right? In the world... The world is opposite, uh, is opposite the kingdom, right? Everything. So in the world, for me to declare dependence on anything is a position of weakness, right? Oh, you're weak if you're dependent on this, if you're dependent on that. If, if you have to trust in this and trust in that, you're weak. You can't do it on your own. Listen, that is a lie from the pit of hell and it smells like smoke. It is not kingdom. The kingdom says your position of power is total and absolute surrender and declaration of your dependence on your king. And he has given it all. This is why it is good news. <laughs> this is the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, because that which I had lost, that which I had been cut off from, that was not available to me, is now coming to be available to me and has been given to me through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I now can surrender my life and my will to his life and to his will, and through me, he will live. And I get to live too. John 3 is where they come to John the Baptist later on and Jesus and his disciples are over here and they're baptizing people and John the Baptist is still over here baptizing with his disciples and, and his disciples come to him and say, look, all the people, they're, they're leaving us and they're going over there to him to be baptized and John's like, good. It's exactly what is supposed to happen. And he declares his position. He must become greater. I must become less. You see, when I can understand that me becoming less for the sake of Jesus becoming greater in me and through me is my position of power. That's where I really begin to matter. When I get out of the way and let him take over. Amen? Number two, John's message declared his mission. He said, I come to baptize you for repentance, to change your mind, to turn away from these things that you have come to depend on, to trust in, this law, this keeping of the rules that you think you can do by yourself, that you can do, go through these rituals and somehow earn your way back in for at least another year or another few months or something like that. No, listen, that is not the way of God. That was not the intent of God. The way of God it's to give your life to Him and look to Him for all that you have and need. And when we do that, it changes everything. We need to seize the day by wholeheartedly executing what God has called you to do. Whatever it is that God has put before you to do. Whatever He's called you into. Whatever station in life, mission, purpose in life that He's called you into. Live into it fully and live into it completely. Listen to Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward it is the Lord you are serving. You see, when you get up tomorrow morning to go off to work, 
when you punch the clock or you get to the desk or you, you, you get to the classroom or you get to wherever it is that you go to do that work. Or maybe you're a mother and you get up when the babies start crying. Or I don't know. You know, there's a lot of different ways that we all punch the clock, right? (laughs) Whatever that is. Whatever that opportunity is that is put before you. The way that you turn any of that into worship is you do it as unto the Lord. You do it not for the boss sitting in the corner office. Not, not for that person read, breathing down your neck, right? Not, not for whatever other thing that you think you might be doing it for. You turn, you convert your time and your energy into worship when you give it to the Lord. When you surrender it to Him. So we seize the day by doing everything that we do as unto the Lord. As an act of worship. And when my life, listen, when my life becomes an act of worship before the Lord, all of a sudden, there's no weapon that can be formed against me will prosper because God in the worship will protect me. It's when I am laid down completely, when my life is given over to to Him completely, that there is no more death. There is no more enemy that can come against me. No weapons formed against me will, will prosper because now all of a sudden, everything that I do is in worship to him even if something tries to take you down you just give that right back to the Lord and it just becomes this cycle this ecosystem of whatever comes at me I just give it right back to the Lord and when it listen when it passes through the Lord come on God has created ecosystems all around us to purify right I mean, we talk about protecting the rainforest. You're like, I don't even know where the rainforest is. Uh, It doesn't matter. It's protecting you. It's still protecting you. Because what we're breathing out is it's either carbon monoxide or dioxide. I don't care which one. They're both bad, right? But when we breathe it out, we breathe back in oxygen. Now, how does that work? What happens there? Well, there's this whole ecosystem where what we put out goes out and it goes through a system of some sort and then it comes back to us as something that we can use again, right? And when I take my life and I pour it out into God's hands and it goes through the filter, it goes through the system of the kingdom and it comes right back to me, then I can actually use and be empowered and live by that. And, and what that means is I'm taking whatever the world is throwing at me and I'm just breathing it out up to the kingdom as worship and giving it to him. And when I do that, he just pours it right back down into me as something that brings life and power and strength into me you with me so how do you seize the day in this area of doing what God has called you to do you just do it as unto the Lord whatever it is it doesn't matter how how pleasant or how pretty or how you know whatever it is sometimes the best worship that we can give God is is in the misery of the things that we have to do Right? Because in the misery of the things that we have to do, 
we can take that in worship and turn it into something that I get to do. And when you do things from an attitude of I get to instead of I have to, all of a sudden it changes. Number three, John's message declared our destiny. You see, before Jesus came, before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we had a big, big problem. That big problem was called the penalty of sin. And the penalty of sin blocked us, kept us from experiencing and, to re and receiving what Jesus would call the new wine. Right? He says, I, I can't put new wine into old wineskins. If I do, then that new wine will ferment and, exp and, and expand. And when it does, it will break open those old wineskins and they will be ruined and all the wine will fall on the ground and be lost too. And what's he talking about? He's talking about us in our sinful state. That in our sinful state, we are just dried up, crusty old leather. That if he poured the living spirit of God into and the spirit of God began to expand and we couldn't expand with him in our spirit, we would just break and it would all be lost. So what must happen? You must be born again. <laughs> That's what, he told, that's what he told the teacher in, in John chapter 3, right? He says, you, you must be born again. You're the teacher of, of Israel, and you don't even understand this, he told him. He said, what, 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 how can I give my spirit into a dead vessel? You must be born again. Because when the spirit comes... Life is going to happen. <laughs> and when life begins to happen, if we're still stuck in our old deadness, then, then, then we're just going just, just to blow us apart, right? But if we can be born again, how are you born again unless you die? Right? The, 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 the teacher said, should I enter back into my mother's womb? Like, I don't get this. I don't understand. But see, he didn't understand that he was a spiritual being having a physical experience. Not the other way around. When we understand that our ultimate reality is the spirit realm, is the kingdom, and we can live into that, the, the things of this world and the things of this flesh begin to not have the same kind of power over us that they once had. Right? We don't struggle with addictions and, 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 and bad things that happen to us and bad habits in our spirit, do we? No, we struggle with those in our flesh because it's in our flesh that the enemy has input. But in our spirit, if we will connect our spirits to God, then our spirit can overpower all of that. And release us from all of that. What the enemy has come at our flesh with. Our spirit has authority over. When I, listen. When our spirit is surrendered to God. When our spirit is in that position of power. Called total surrender to him. Even Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Felt it. In his body, he felt it in the flesh and he dreaded the pain and the separation that he was going to endure. And he said, Lord, if there's any way that this cup could be passed from me, let it be passed. But not my will, 
but yours be done in the Spirit. And in the, and in the Spirit, <laughs> He overcame the flesh. It's because He surrendered. He gave us an example of what it looks like to lay my life down, to lay my will down, so that He could have His way. It's our destiny to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Seize the day passionately embodying, by passionately embodying the Holy Spirit's power in your life. You see, prior to this, we could not receive the Spirit. Prior to Jesus doing what He did on the cross and in the grave and through the resurrection, we could not receive the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. But because He did, we can now be born again when we die to our old selves. This is why baptism is such a powerful, powerful thing. This is why John says, I baptize you for repentance of the mind, but Jesus is going to baptize you so that you can receive the Spirit. Because when we are baptized, we are put into the death that Jesus died. We are buried into the grave that Jesus was buried into. But we are raised up to live the life into the resurrection that Jesus rose in. And it's there, it's in that place of power that our old wineskins are made new. What was dead and gone has been brought back to life. And now we can receive the living Spirit of God into our lives and expand with Him and grow with Him and live into what He has for us so that He can give it to us and through us to deliver it to the world. Because we are God's plan A, the church, and there is no plan B. We are it. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. This is why John 20 says, and you will do even greater things than these that I have done because I'm sending you the Spirit. And, and, and what I did as one person and gave you an example and demonstrated for you all around in my ministry, now you each one of you, all of you, filled with the same Holy Spirit that I am filled with, are going to do all of these things all over the world for the rest of time as long as it lasts. Even greater things than these. You see, that's what we're here for. He gave us this power. Acts 1.8 says this, when Jesus was ascending into heaven after the death, burial, and resurrection, He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are at the ends of the earth. We are those who are spread out all over this globe to be His witness. That, that word actually is, is the, in the original language is the word martyr. And it, and it doesn't mean that we're supposed to go get killed for preaching the gospel. What it means is that we're supposed to give our life for whatever God's purpose is. And we lay our lives down. We die to ourselves so that we can live for Him. And that He can live through us. This is how we seize the day. This is carpe diem. This is our opportunity to start out. Listen, you've already, you're, you're, you've already attended church 100% of the Sundays in 2020. 
Don't break your streak. Just keep your streak, man. You're good right now. You got a perfect streak so far. Right? How are you going to give every moment of every day into his hands? You started right here, right now. You gave these last hour and a half to him right here, completely given over to him. You're here because of him. Now, when you walk out there, walk out there because of him. And just keep your focus. And just keep your, keep your eyes on the author and perfecter of your faith. And watch what adventure you'll get to live in 2020. Yeah. Sounds weird. Why don't you all stand? I just want to I, I just want to pray for us that God would just give us a heart completely surrendered to him that whatever else might come along that tries to gum up our value systems or our desires or I don't know our distractions whatever they are I, 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 just, I just want to start out this year by just praying and declaring that what Jesus has already done for us, He does again every single day. Last week we talked about Lamentations 3, that His grace is new every morning. In other words, everything that would come against us and hold us back and shut us down and, and, and keep us from living into the, the moment and the day that he has put before us, grace covers it all. So let's just pray. Father, I just thank you that we can call upon your grace every day, every moment, every opportunity. To just experience all that you have for us. Wash us clean, Lord. As David asked, Lord, just search our hearts. See if there's anything in there that is not in the way of where you want us to go. And just wash it clean. Your grace covers all. Your grace is more than sufficient to overcome anything that is in me. And I just trust in you. And I look forward to living into this new year. We look forward, Lord, to following you and worshiping you in every moment of our lives through this next year and just seeing you with 2020 vision. Perfectly clear. As you lead us, we submit and surrender to your will because it's there that we find our power and our strength in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Happy New Year, everybody. Have a great Sunday. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. Without you, the work we do at Connection Christian Church wouldn't be possible. If you would like to give online, please visit c3christianchurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a moment and subscribe and please share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.